1: You ever watch one of those YouTube videos where somebody has set up about 17,000 dominoes and they let one little marble roll down a little strip of plastic and it bumps into the first one and then click, 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 and then they just click for like 45 minutes to go through all the dominoes? The marble may have just gone down the little plastic slide and knocked over the first domino. And no, the first domino was not the Ivy League saying that they weren't going to play football or or any fall sports this year. That was not the first domino. We'll tell you what the first domino was coming up in just a second. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, glad to have you along on this Thursday afternoon. The C Spire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Be honest, you know your business deserves better, so get better with a C Spire business internet and phone bundle backed by real support. See how can power your success today at cspire.com slash business. Again, that number, 601-879-4395. So reporters at both The Athletic and ESPN almost simultaneously put this news out there. According to sources, the Big Ten has decided that a conference-only season for all fall sports, including football, which seems like would be under the all fall sports, but underlined and highlighted, including football, is the most likely outcome College football can be played this fall. Big Ten presidents and athletics directors prefer playing a conference-only schedule, which would eliminate some long-distance travel and help ensure that their teams are being tested for coronavirus universally. That's according to multiple sources inside the Big Ten and around
2: college football. You mentioned dominoes. The second one is soon to fall. Uh, Multiple sources... Uh, according to a lot of people that cover college football, uh, say the Pac-12 will follow suit and make a similar announcement soon. Think it'll happen today? If not today, um, they say within a couple of days the announcement's going to come. Yeah, I wasn't trying to steal any credit, by the way, from the Ivy League.
1: Maybe I'm being disingenuous in saying that the Ivy League was not the first domino. Maybe that actually was the first domino. Nah. But I don't think the Ivy League's decision forced the decisions by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12.
2: I just don't. No. Zero percent chance it had any effect on this. Am I crazy for thinking that this is the best route to ensure that we do have football this year? Yes.
0: You're not crazy. I'm
2: sorry. You're not crazy to think. (laughs) No, I think this is the, the solution. That Tell me why. Because a lot of things, like you mentioned, it's only 14 teams you have to deal with now. So each league can implement their protocols, and the oversight is much stricter than it would be if you're dealing with teams from other leagues and other divisions, even with FCS teams and stuff. You know that all 14 of your teams are tested a certain way by game day, and in the SEC and the Big Ten's case, you know they can afford it. Uh, So testing will be accessible and readily available, and you can provide much better oversight as far as testing and coronavirus protocols goes for your teams. Also, you can limit limit travel. If you look at the SEC West, the drive from Oxford to Starkville to Fayetteville, Arkansas, is not fun, but it can be a drive. Uh, You limit long-distance travel, or you can anyway based on how you restructure the schedule. You also... Why don't, you go
1: ahead, why don't you go ahead and fix the stupid Missouri in the East thing?
2: Yeah, or just have just, them play. Just
1: as part of this, just say Missouri's now in the West.
2: Yeah, and you can do something very similar to what the NFL's doing now. Because let's say the NFL has to delay the start of their season. If they They're not going to push all of the games back to start week one in October. They're going to take the weeks that they missed and put them on the end. So you can develop a schedule, and if that has to change for any reason... You only have to deal with 14 teams rescheduling and you're the only league you have to deal with. You can implement, say, just off the top of my head earlier, I came up with a 10-game schedule over 14 weeks or 13 weeks, giving yourself a lot more flexibility to be able to manipulate your schedule and not have to worry about any other league. It's all your teams and the commissioner can make the final decision to allow yourself to have as much flexibility as possible. And on top of that, The 10 games that I keep throwing out there that you would play are all interesting. So at least the television dollars and stuff will still be there and be robust when you're playing interesting games every week. So it's not ideal, but you can have a flexible schedule where if there's an outbreak, you can move a game to later on. Or if there's a week where you have to move games or start the season later, it's a very easy decision because it's only 14 teams you're dealing with and you're making the call and making the schedule. You can provide oversight on your testing protocols and things like that, and you can limit travel to just a regional thing. I think this is the best possible way to make sure you play games this year because of all those reasons.
0: Yeah consolidation is the right word here that
2: yeah you uh, put a everything lot of way under, to say col- consolidation.
0: <laughs> yeah they are gonna put everything under one set of guidelines, limiting travel I mean it, it, just off the top of my head if you're if you're talking about Mississippi State, you probably would try to, like, if you want to go to nine games, you just add Vanderbilt. Nashville to Starkville is a reasonable drive. Uh, For Ole Miss, you know, you've already got Vanderbilt on the schedule. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying they're going to find a way to make it work, and this allows the conference to say, look, we are setting the guidelines. Everybody has to follow them, and you can feel good about the fact that you're not beholden to what New Mexico is doing and what the ACC is doing and what the Pac-
1: I think we lost dad just for a second. He'll join us uh, after uh, after just a moment. 601-879-4395 is the number for the C Spire text line. Hey, damn got you back?
0: Did I go out? I was, I was ranting there. Yeah, it was good, you, too. I was yeah, talking you, bad you, about you, about Borky, about everybody. Now, you you I, I, were rolling I was just saying,
1: and then you just died.
0: Yeah, I, I was just saying that, yeah, it, this allows the SEC to say, these are our rules. You all have to follow them. We're not worried about what New Mexico is doing. We're not worried about what the ACC is doing, so on and so forth. You're going to lose some good games. You're going to lose Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina. I mean, that's not a good game, but you know it's, it's big in that state. But the SEC will be say, can say, we did everything we could do to make it as safe as possible, and we don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing in this situation.
1: Well, and to make it a little more local, you're losing Mississippi State and C-State. You're losing yeah. Ole Miss. While well, about
0: like the the rivalry games that you know you see every year, was, oh, you know, you're yeah. losing those games. But yeah, just part of part of the gig here.
2: What stinks is yeah, we're losing those big games. Like for the Big Ten, they're losing Ohio State, Oregon in week two. I mean that that would have been incredible, oh, yeah. and, and we're losing that. But as somebody's already pointed out on the text line. I've said this before, so you guys probably know. I grew up on Furman football. My dad and I would go to Furman games every Saturday because they would start at 1 o'clock and it was 5 bucks to get in. So we'd go watch Furman play and then go home and watch the good games later on. Furman's supposed to play at Tennessee this year. Without that game, they've already cut baseball. I mean, that athletic department... who knows what yeah. they look like without the million bucks they're supposed to get from Tennessee? Coastal Carolina was supposed to go to South Carolina and host Kansas this year. Those are gone. And could so, we
0: see, could we see college football programs applying for? Is it PPP loans?
2: If the Lakers can
0: get one, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, like you just said, Furman football probably could yeah, use but a I mean, those dollars,
1: yeah. that, sure that sure they could, but. Those are payroll protection loans. I mean, they're designed to help
0: your your pay how much Small payroll businesses. does the universe. how much payroll is tied into football? Coaches, uh support staff, trainers, what? managers. Green, a lot here's of people another who are example. employed
2: by football programs. Bulling it's Green not just the head coach. Is going to lose 2.2 2 million dollars this year because of the Big Ten's cancellations. They were supposed to go to Ohio State and Illinois. 2.2 mm-hmm. 2 million dollars gone and they're cutting sports already.
1: All right, so I'll- Michael Casagrande wrote a, an interesting story back in May about exactly what you were talking about. And there is a force majeure clause in uh, all of these contracts. He was looking specifically at the ones for Alabama. And kind of the lead for his story was, there. Are, here, here are the 60 words that could impact the Alabama football schedule. So I'll read you the force majeure Clause in the contract. Alabama is scheduled to play Georgia State, Kent State, and UT Martin. Those are all buy games. They will pay those three schools contractually three point five five million dollars. But there is this clause: in the event of fire, flood, hurricane, war, invasion, hostilities, rebellion, insurrection, confiscation by order of government, military, or public authority, <laughs> or prohibitory uh, or governmental authority including that of the Southeastern Conference or the NCAA, making it impossible or impractical to play the game, both parties shall be relieved of any and all obligations of this agreement. Mm. There you go. So... That hurts. The qu- but No, but the question is, using Alabama as an example, if Alabama is able to play ten conference games, can they really invoke this clause to get out of three or four non-conference games sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm we'll be right back all right there's so many angles to get to and so many layers of this onion to peel back you had nicole auerbach from the athletic just a few minutes ago Uh, as kind of an addendum to the report about the uh, Big Ten going to an all-conference game schedule this year, a 10-game conference-only schedule in football. Uh, Follow-up saying that the Pac-12 is going to do the same thing. Borky, you said you saw something a moment ago that said the uh, ACC also likely to do the same thing. Yep. So it's all happening. Which means the Big 12 and the SEC are going to do it as well.
0: The ACC also says they'll they'll work with Notre Dame to try to bring bring them up to a full schedule as well.
2: Yeah, they, they already got six, so
0: yeah, yeah. So um, they just need to add you know two or three.
1: Should the ACC power play this with Notre Dame and say, "Hey, this is yeah, time, they should time for you to, be, to be a 100% full conference 100% member." Should. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll take care of you. Go or get but off the pot. You're, you're now. It, we, we will take care of you if you choose to be a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference. 100% they should do that. Um, Which means it's a matter of time till the SEC and the Big 12 do it. There is one thing that's interesting about the Big 12. If everybody else is playing 10-game schedules, they've only got 10 teams. Okay.
2: They're going to play somebody twice? Here's my guess. There will be no postseason as we know it. They will like reevaluate things and go to the drawing board like individual bowl games maybe will be allowed to invite teams if they want to to play in their game if things get better by then. I have a feeling the college football playoff, if it does happen, will be forced to expand at least for one year. Because how could you possibly pick four teams when five leagues are only playing each other? Mm, yeah. You might be right. I mean, sir, it, it, hey, if expand not, expand to what? Six.
1: So you go five conference champions and one at large. That five the, conference
2: champion and a, a group of five team, an outstanding group of five team. Yeah. I mean, I guess if not, uh, like, I, I, but but okay.
1: So that brings up a question. So I mean, we've talked about the fact that the the group of five. I mean these games are really important for a Group of 5 teams. Maybe a little less important for the American Athletic Conference than it is for the Sun Belt and for Conference USA and for the Mountain West and the WAC for all these bye games. Still important though for the American, but but a little less important. Are those conferences going to play football? Can can Conference USA of which Southern Miss is a member afford to go down this route and have all of its members play conference only games a conference only schedule where nobody has the opportunity to go out and play one or two or three or four of these games you get a great big check for and you might be
0: very limited on your attendance so I mean your you're USm in a situation like this is going to lose a ton of money
1: what everybody's going to lose a ton of money, they're just some yeah. that can afford some to can lose afford, a little yeah. bit more than others.
2: Yeah, what Conference USA needs to do is get involved with the Sun Belt,
1: do, do a consortium,
2: yes, because even if it's just for a year, even if it's just for a year, because it, you want to talk about mitigating expenses. The Conference USA is pretty spread out, right? I mean, Southern yeah. Miss, there's Marshall in the, in the conference, what well, old Dominion in Virginia. Uh, North Texas, I mean, there's there's travel in CUSA that's longer than travel in the SEC, and their budgets are far tighter. Sure, they may not have a, an option other than to consolidate or maybe not play at all. Yeah, because uh, the SEC. Well, the and, same the, way. and the
1: reason I bring that up as part of this conversation, in addition to the fact that you know Southern Miss is a team that obviously is affected by uh, by this, but. If you're saying a spot in the college football playoff for a group of five, what's the group of five going to be made up of this year?
0: I thought you raised an interesting point in the previous segment, Richard, about how are you going to tell them to do one thing and not the other. Like I was thinking about Mississippi State. How can you say it's okay for Auburn to travel to Starkville, but it's not okay for Alabama A&M to travel to Starkville? It's a shorter trip. How is it okay for Florida to go to Kentucky, but they can't go to Tallahassee? You know, it's just it's just one of these things that it's 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 something that if you if you talk about contract cancellations, I'm no lawyer, obviously, but I would see that as you know sort of a you know double standard.
2: Couldn't you justify it by um, league structure that it's not necessarily about travel; it's more about me, the commissioner of the SEC, and my office can guarantee that my teams. Are following these specific protocols, right. and I cannot guarantee what other leagues are doing. Therefore, we don't feel and, like it's safe.
0: And with the team, with the with the the FCS teams and so, yeah, I get that. But you know, you can guarantee probably that Clemson's doing the same things that South Carolina are doing. Not that these are not that these games need to happen for financial consideration, but well, and, and just see, just I think thought.
1: that's where it's not an issue. Hey, Dad, I, I yeah. mean, I, I don't think NC State and Mississippi State are going to go after each other for whatever the terms of that contract are. And frankly, there probably are no. The, no payout, unless it's just like you know, cover each other's travel expenses when you right. do it, which I, I don't even know why you would would handle it that way. So, so that's not an issue. The issue is Alabama A and M coming to Starkville and the seven hundred thousand dollar check that they were going to get as a result for coming and playing in that game. There is an argument to be made that. Power 5 schools, hosting Group of 5 schools in these buy games, should do what is right, and what is right is to pay those guarantees. That's a really big ask right now. Yeah. Because I understand it's an economy of scale, and you're talking about bigger revenue pieces, smaller revenue pieces, whatever. Nobody maybe with the exception of Georgia in the SEC, has really got the ability to just stroke a check for $3.5 million to cover all the bye games that don't happen. And the reason I say Georgia is because going back to when Damon Evans was the athletics director at Georgia, they started building a rainy day fund that is unrivaled in the Southeastern Conference.
0: I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday yesterday. There's going to be some some creative math done. Some some teams are going to have to tap into their endowments, their university endowments. They're just going to have to find a way. But but that and, option and, and doesn't call,
1: exist, hey dad, for most places. Not for most well
0: but, but what you're saying though right there. If, okay. We got to do the right thing and pay these guys this money, but we really don't have this money. It's going to it's going to come from endowments and they're just going to have to figure out ways to make it work. It's going to, they're going to have to look at it almost as the university is going to give the athletic department an interest-free loan for a year. I understand and the next that, year, but the
1: universities are hemorrhaging money as well this year. And, and I when, when I say it can't be done, I, I'm not saying that there's not some sort of creative accounting, but when you say pull money out of an endowment to pay for things, there are, there are, it's not laws, but there are bylaws right, that right. government how endowment money can be spent. You can't do anything to reduce the principal. In fact, usually you're limited to a percentage of the gains in a given year. That you're allowed to spend, so that that can continue to grow in perpetuity. Right. They'll figure something out. I wonder <laughs>
2: if they, if you could negotiate. I mean, they,
0: they will. You know, they will.
2: If you could do like a good faith agreement, if you will, using the good. Furman, Tennessee yeah. example, like, hey, we were supposed to pay you a million too, but that was because we were going to put ninety thousand people in our stadium. We'll give yeah. you six hundred and fifty k,
1: or you may really be onto something, Borky. Maybe you maybe you negotiate a smaller number, or you say, Furman, I know you need the cash right now. You're not getting the cash right now, and if you want to sue us for it, you're welcome to. But it's going to be tied up in in court for years. What if, what if we they do call this? JG
0: Wentworth, though. <laughs> well,
1: maybe maybe so, but it's still going to be tied up in court for a while. So what if we do this? What if we write you a check for $250,000 right now, and we agree to play you two more times in the next decade?
2: For a full buy game price. Yeah. 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 I, like, like, like we'll, we'll go ahead and schedule
1: another game with you in addition to writing you a check for a small amount right now. That's probably how the majority of these things get
2: worked out. Yeah. Right, and they can probably at least survive on a check like that. It would be tough, and they'll have to make cuts probably and stuff, but it won't kill them. Right. Right. Well, yeah, and, that, but but
1: that makes but sense. You're, you're not trying to be the big bad guy, but but you say to them, I mean, if you want to go to court over this, we can. We kind we've of believe in our side. You. Yeah. Say what? And they've got deep. We've got deep,
0: deeper pockets than you. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. It's like we're we're, we're, we're willing lawyers. to
1: fight this in court. And we believe that there's a really good chance that the judge would side with us and we won't owe you anything. In which case, you would be, in addition to the buyout, out the legal fees associated with this as well. Or you might win. But you're not going to get the money for two or three years because this thing's going to get dragged out forever anyway. So instead of going down that road, let's come to an agreement that, that helps us out but also helps you out and will allow us to just wash our hands of
2: this during a global pandemic. Or that spring game idea we throw around out there can happen in March. Maybe so. All right, guys, I've started,
1: um, pulled out the old composite schedule. And we got to figure out a couple of games for everybody
2: kind of feels like they're going to rework the entire thing, doesn't it? Well, what do you mean? Rework the entire schedule. Like, basically blow it up and start over and recreate the schedule for this year.
1: Would you need to do that, though?
0: Wouldn't you want to, like, give yourself a little more wiggle room in terms of bye weeks, you know, yeah. in case somebody has... You
2: know, oh, yeah, no, 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 know. I'm
1: just talking about in terms of opponents.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, have Missouri play two more teams in the West, or like you said, just how about we finally get smart, put them in the East, uh, or put them in the West, and Auburn in the East, and we just keep on plugging? But
1: which I guess if you do that, then you've got to uh, you do have to kind of blow everything up. Um, is this going to
0: be is this going to be the, the the like another moment here where a lot of things change? Are we going to see some changes like this, like Notre Dame finally having to jump in to a conference, like Missouri finally coming over to the West? Because it just makes more sense for travel purposes?
1: Feels like it could, doesn't it? Yeah. You talked about Domino's ago. Ar- Should we feel sorry for Arkansas fans? <laughs>
0: well, they're losing out on Notre Dame?
1: Yeah, because you remember a couple of years ago they were supposed to play Michigan. And yeah. Michigan just kind of blew that off. Like, yeah, we're not playing that game. Whatever. Here's $2 million. We're going to play somebody else. And now they're supposed to go to South Bend. I mean that's a once in a lifetime trip for most programs and most fans and they lose out on that opportunity as well. Kind of a bummer for them.
2: Yeah, it is. So, uh, I mean, what are you th- what are you thinking as you look at all of this? I think, I, really, I think you have to blow it up and start over, which is okay because – oh, and on top of the things that need to change, I think the NCAA should, for one year, uh, allow uh, freshmen to play and preserve a red shirt and play as many games as they can. Because That's
0: another if, idea, yeah.
2: If we're going to be dropping players because they may have come in contact with somebody that may have coronavirus, if they have to sit out for games, we need to let the full complement of scholarships be available for teams.
1: My only concern about that is all of a sudden you're asking for a lot of changes to be made in a really short period of time. And generally speaking, college athletics and the powers that be at the NCAA are not real good. Like Nobody moves quickly. And so you're saying, okay... We got to change all these schedules. We got to eliminate non conference. We got to reschedule everything. And oh, by the way, we need you to make freshmen eligible for everything, not just four games this year. Well, we got to have a committee. And then a committee to select a committee that will ultimately put together a committee that will make a recommendation (laughs) to a board of governors who will then pass that along to the board of directors. And then the board of directors will ultimately give that to the president who was going to decide yes or no.
2: And like I've said before, it'll be committees to create a horse and they'll design a camel. Um, So maybe that's not possible. I just think it should be very simple where Mark Emmert says, hey, this is what we're doing this year. It's done. Yeah. You get a red shirt. And you, you can play. A as many shirt. Games. You get
1: a red shirt. You yeah, get a red throw shirt. Throw them
2: out like Oprah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I have saw somebody throw out the idea to back to Hey Dad's point about Florida, Florida State. Well, they're really close by, and they're both in major leagues, and their protocols will be basically identical. Nine conference games in the SEC and one pre-approved or it has to be approved by the league regionally appropriate opponent to play ten games. So two
0: things with that. First off, Seth Emerson just tweeted. That there may be a, a agreement between the SEC and ACC to keep South Carolina, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, Georgia, Georgia Tech. That's so I like I like where Borky's going with that. And if I'm State and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss may not want to hear this, you've got to call Southern Miss and bring them to your, your stadium, and, and you can get them some money that way.
1: Y- y'all That's not that the same thing as those other four games.
0: It's not. But if, who who's who state who's state and Ole Miss going to call for a pre approved? Well, Mississippi State, game. NC
1: State's already on the schedule.
0: But doesn't that sort of defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do here? Those games are in the same state. The travel is less.
1: I understand that. But if you're doing like a conference consortium, it makes sense. If you want to go nine and then one from the other league.
0: I I would think that if they're going to try to do it in such a way that it's because they want to talk about safety and limiting travel, that it makes sense for State and Ole Miss to go to USM. Not go to USM, but to put USM on the
2: schedule. I would try to keep Baylor if I were Ole Miss. That seems highly unlikely. Yeah, I mean, not in Houston or anything, Especially but I, I would try, side, to, yeah. try to keep them because it's within your footprint and they are in a major league, so you know the protocols would be the same.
1: So here's what you've got in terms of the schedule this year. We, we've looked at it a bunch of different ways. By the way, let me let me hit the – I don't think we've done this today. Let me hit the C Spire text line. A lot of thoughts coming from you and don't want to exclude you. 601-879-4395 is the number – for you to be a part of this ceasefire text line. Uh, Darren and Jackson and another, say, Memphis. I mean, Ole Miss was... Let's just be honest for a second. There are a lot of people, Ole Miss fans, that just don't want to play Memphis, period. Like, be done with it. Fans don't like the trip. Don't like going to the Liberty Bowl. Whatever. All of that aside, this ain't the year you want to play Memphis. whether you're Ole Miss or Mississippi State, okay? They may be the best group of five team in America. Hey, Dad, I know we talked about that not too terribly long ago, and you're like, well, you're still supposed to beat a group of five team. I'm not disagreeing with you. I've seen it go the other way against some pretty good Ole Miss teams. This isn't the year you want to play Memphis if you don't already have to. Just say it. I'm just saying.
2: I like my idea. I'm going to call Sankey uh, after uh, after the show and let him know that he needs to play a 10-game schedule. Yeah, I saw you call him out on Twitter earlier today. No, I didn't call him out. I said have his people call he my people because I'll was, make the schedule for, for you. Yeah. It was cordial. Oh, yeah. cordial. I'll just say it. I'll make the schedule for you, man. It, it's really simple. Start on September 19th. Give yourself a little bit more time, some wiggle room. To, for things to calm down and you to implement your protocols and make your schedule and let the teams arrange travel, all that stuff. Start on September 19th, 10-game schedule, three by weeks. Because the college football playoff is going to be screwed up and bowl games are going to be screwed up, you take initiative and you play on January 2nd, the SEC Championship game. 10-game schedule, 14 weeks, SEC Championship on January 2nd. It's that simple. I don't
1: understand the January second SEC championship game piece of this.
2: Why not? It's two weeks after the season would end and it's January second. So you're and gonna push the
1: season you're pushing the season deeper into December,
2: I guess. Yes. You. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With just to add more bye weeks to give yourself and let's be honest here, a ten game SEC schedule is far more grueling than a twelve game regular schedule. So you give yourself more time to have your players rested because it's a lot tougher. And also wiggle room to adjust things as need be in case there's an outbreak or something like that. gives yourself a lot of flexibility to make sure you get as many games in as you can.
0: The only issue I would see there is you know, the, the, the fall semester will end. And I, state, I know this happened in Mississippi State. I remember Fred Smoot had this had this issue that you might have guys become academically ineligible for...
1: <laughs> Three or four games. <laughs> it, it happens. True statement. Uh, you're not wrong. But if you become academically ineligible this fall semester, uh, you, you got no one to blame, but I well, got not even no sympathy. Yeah. None. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. But I'm just saying. Um I said, should we feel sorry for Arkansas? Richard and Wiggins said it's hot. They are without flannel flannel, they are feeling sorry for themselves. Uh, will the SEC add more conference games this year, Tony and Tupelo? Yeah, probably so. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Normally you play eight, talking about the possibility of uh, of going to ten, but only playing conference games. So you would be minus two overall, but plus two in your league. Here's what the schedule looks like. Florida, permanent opponent is LSU, plus they play Ole Miss this year. Georgia plays Auburn every year. They've also got Alabama. Whew. Kentucky has Mississippi State and Auburn this year. Missouri has Arkansas every year. They have Mississippi State as well this year. South Carolina's got Texas A&M and LSU. Tennessee has Alabama and Arkansas. Vanderbilt plays Ole Miss every year. They have Texas A&M as their rotating Western Division opponent this year.
0: Texas a and was so happy they had such an easy schedule. Nope, you're picking up two more conference games and you're dropping all your, your, your cookie dough uh, non-conference.
1: Um, So we've got to add two more games to every team, every team schedule. We will attempt to do that over much of the remainder of the afternoon and see if we can uh, come up with something that feels like it makes sense. Schedule makers. Didn't people say this used to be Larry Templeton's job? At the he SEC? Had a job? I don't know. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. We're keeping it out of the red. We're back with you after this. <laughs> I you. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.f. Yeah, Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Heydad. Thanks for being with us on Thursday already.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: What a fast week! Hey, you already figured out what you're cooking this weekend? Bought a pork butt today. Really? Yeah.
0: What's uh? Just gonna smoke it? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Is there another another way? What am I? Well, Well, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I could cook it in in the oven, but that would make your head explode. Yeah. Put it in a
1: crock pot? Ooh, no. God, no. Actually, you could air fry it, maybe. Yeah, you might could. The, The whole crock pot thing is actually not the worst way to go about it. Like it's not nearly as good as smoky in terms of smoky, but like for if you just need to have a middle of the week meal when you don't have time to cook anything else, yeah, oh yeah, you just kind of throw in a crockpot all day long, put some seasoning on it. You get home and you got pulled pork. You just probably want more barbecue sauce on it than you normally would use. Yeah. So, or you could just have hot dogs. No. All right, who do you want to add? To these schedules.
0: Just for me, it makes the most sense for state to get Vanderbilt and South Carolina, and for Ole Miss to pick up uh, Georgia and Tennessee. That's where. That's where I. Is that how we're going to go about this?
1: <laughs> yeah, just logistically. Assuming uh. that somebody with no agenda is going to fill out these two additional games there, Mr. Haydad. So, so neither one of us is what you're saying? Okay, go ahead. Yes, but let's just set aside our agendas for a moment and see if we could come up with um, with something that in would reality, make some sense. In reality,
0: though, in reality, Vanderbilt makes sense for Mississippi State because it's the closest East school to any of us. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, agenda aside, that's, that's the one that makes the most sense. And then... Then at this point you you're just sort of you know it doesn't really matter if you told me to pick one I would say let state play Florida again so state could have another shot at Mullen I don't know okay storyline but
1: all right so you want to add Vandy and Florida for Mississippi State
0: and could you set it up where where does Ole Miss play Vanderbilt in Oxford or in Nashville this year
1: it is I should know that but it is uh, should be in
0: Nashville right. So it's like could you set it up where that's that's sort of back-to-back games and then f- with Florida having to come to Oxford could you set it up where they could maybe stay in Mississippi for a week. Most of them are going to be doing online classes anyway. I don't know, but that that's an idea. Where you're just you talk about limiting travel. Keep Florida in the state of Mississippi for a week and they play at Oxford in, and that stuff.
1: And in, in fact, Ole Miss plays at Vanderbilt on October 10th and they host Florida on the 17th. There you go. So, yeah, you could almost make that work. I don't know. Um, Borky, who do you
2: add for Ole Miss? It's going to be two teams from the East. Um, Well, everybody in the West will want Missouri just from a regional perspective. And Missouri is coming
0: to Starkville, so that that would work in what I'm talking about here.
2: Missouri would be the most practical. Uh, Missouri or Georgia, if you want to try to keep travel down to a minimum, that's the two. Missouri, Georgia, South Carolina, would be the most accessible. Might go Missouri and Tennessee. Oh, I forgot about Tennessee. It's kind of a negligible drive between Tennessee and and Columbia.
1: Yeah, it's about six hours to both. Man, Columbia, Missouri is probably more like seven, and Knoxville's about six. So yeah, I mean, it, it, both of those are drivable if you had to do it. What Who do you give Georgia from the West? Because Georgia already is playing Auburn
0: and Alabama.
1: LSU. This is just, just screwed totally. <laughs> just, let's add LSU and Texas A and M. Good luck, Georgia. I tell you what,
0: I tell you what, Georgia. If you go undefeated on that schedule, you could have a national championship. No playoff required.
1: None necessary. Yeah. I mean, you, you might make an argument based on kind of trying to balance the schedule out. That Georgia, given that they already are playing Auburn and Alabama... They should get Arkansas. They should get Arkansas or old Miss or Mississippi State as one of their two additional. Yeah. Um. LSU's got Florida and South Carolina so far from the East. Georgia and Tennessee... I mean, just it's not exactly making it easy on the rating national. We'll just go with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl champion model. You win the yeah. Super Bowl, you have the most difficult schedule in the NFL the following season.
0: So Georgia and Tennessee, then yeah. And we don't feel sorry for you. Or Kentucky, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. We're going to go to the Farm Bureau phone line for the very first time today when we come back to begin the 4 o'clock hour. Yesterday we had a nice visit with Neil Price from Mississippi State. Today, David Kellum. Voice of the Rebels joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We'll be back right after this. C-SPIRE text lines open to you, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Want double the data for the same dang price? Now, all prepaid by c Spire plans. Get double the high-speed data through the end of the year. No bulls, just better wireless. Learn more at cspire.com slash prepaid. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and now, the voice of the Rebels, David Kellum, joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We, we talked to uh, Neil Price yesterday and says, kind of a strange spring, and he doesn't even do baseball. So, no, so his ha- he spring had, was had for years down. when he
3: was at Kentucky. You know, he did baseball for several years.
1: For, for you, baseball since 1978, and you and I were just talking, there one year. Since 1978, where you didn't do it, and that was because of other work obligations.
3: It's supposed to have been a really weird spring for so you. So 86 to now has been non-stop springs, and it, it was weird. I went for about two weeks where I was you know, miserable because we were off to such a great start, and it was like, no, this isn't happening. And then after you kind of get through those two weeks, and I told Coach Bianco this, I have him on uh, Rep Talk tonight, and we talked about it in an interview last night. Once I got through those two weeks, uh, then it was it was sort of like, well, this isn't too bad, and you had to just get, spend weekends at home, because those of us to do three sports, you only you get like three weekends all year out of the 10 months where you are at home. So that was good and then Mary's honeydew list got really demanding and so I was like missing games after about four <laughs> four weeks of that but yeah. no we've had a great spring and, and, and turned it in some travel and visiting our daughter in North Carolina different things but boy I missed it man. I, I told some people I I don't want
1: this to last forever and I don't need this to last forever. <laughs> but it's like, oh, this is what weekends are like. Right. My, <laughs> right. my kids remember my names. Right. This is kind of cool.
3: Right. And the, the next year, if everything gets back to normal, they're going to wonder where Daddy go. You yeah. Know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you mentioned the Ole Miss baseball team that that was off to such a good start. It, it's funny how many people, when it came to a grinding
3: halt, have gone. Oh, this was the year. This was. Right. A, there's right, no right, question.
1: Right. This team was going to the College World Series. But it did have kind of a different feel this year.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And in visiting with Mike, there was two things I thought he said that were really interesting, which I kinda of thought about too. Once you get to league play, I, I visited with Doug De Casey a few weeks ago too. When you get to league play, you can't just start checking off wins. I and mean, we know regardless of how well you played at that point, you just can't do that. It's a grind, it's hard, but, but as as an SEC coach at whatever school, Old Miss State or wherever, you want to get to that point when league play starts, that you got a lot of questions answered, everything seems to be solved and you're as, as good as you could be as you hit league play. I think yeah. in Ole Miss's case, maybe as good as as any year he's ever had it, rotation's good. You're leading the nation in home runs. I mean, all those things were in place to really roll through the through the league play. Of course, you you got to factor in possible injuries and different things. But I think Ole Miss was in position to really have an incredible year.
1: Yeah, that's amazing sometimes how you'll you'll say something and it'll trigger a memory. So you and I worked together on Ole Miss baseball for six years. I think it was either five years or six years. And I remember at the beginning of that, I don't think it lasted the entire time, but you were still doing baseball coaches' shows right on right. Thursday nights. And so when you would travel in the SEC, they would have a practice somewhere, and we would do a, a coaches' show on, on Thursday night. right? And I remember that's one of the things that you used to do with Mike early on. Now, I think maybe we stopped doing it, but would go through and kind of predict the outcomes of the series that weekend in the SEC, and you're reminded just how hard it is
3: to predict yeah. what's going yeah. to happen. Very, very difficult. Uh, but we get him to talk about the other matchups and what he thought, right. kind of pick winners. You know, which is which is kind of fun. But uh, it's such a demanding league, obviously. That, uh, but it, but as far as being in position to do something special, I thought we really were in a great position. I
1: know you've obviously known Mike for a long time and and think a lot of him. Pretty cool to see the contract extension. Yeah, and and kind of the pressure lifted uh, for him and the opportunity
3: to just kind of continue to move forward well and of course richard you've been doing this a long time too not as long as me but a long time but we see these coaches and and you're getting more of a national flavor of it where they raise the bar you know and then they got to not only maintain that bar but get it up higher well the higher the bar gets the harder it is to to continue to raise it and so you know coach Bianco's had a, two maybe three other teams that could have, maybe should have gotten to Omaha, you're talking about three plays, you know, basically. So his efforts have been incredible. He's done a wonderful, wonderful I job. I still
1: see Drew Stubbs fully extended at <laughs> <his> right <laughs> center field running. I know it.
3: Yeah. That Texas outfield that year, oh, I bet they stole, what, six base hits from us just because they were just like gazelles, run the ball down diving, and it was crazy. But, uh, but I do really think that this particular team, and you've watched a bunch through the years, too, you could just tell there was an it factor.
1: You've been saying to me for a long time that, that radio is changing. But, yeah. And, and it's, I mean, you, you look around and it's the way that we consume content. Some of it is app. So much of it's video-based. But the, the more I've been around it, the more I'm convinced that radio's never going away.
3: No, I don't Do think you agree so. That? Yeah, I agree. Uh primarily because it, it's always been a staple in the automobile. There's people driving around listening to us right now. If it was if they watch the video verse this they might run into somebody, you know? Uh so I, you've always got that aspect of it too. And then radio also, uh at least from a college standpoint, well, pro too. you get your guy doing a game that you know, feels the same way you do and yada yada yada. Um and, and so you got that aspect of it too. But I think there's always gonna be a place for radio. Radio has always kind of morphed, you know, when you think about AM was the thing. I remember when and I, I lived through that era where FM was coming on and all the owners didn't know. I don't want to fool with that or not. You know, we don't want to put our good format on FM. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so we had a hybrid FM, Miss 98 here in, here in Mississippi, uh, used to be the station I worked at. And we, we played country till five o'clock and then straight up five o'clock. We went to kind of a college hard rock. I and mean, we went from Loretta Lynn to Led Zeppelin with no break. And so we're, <laughs> I was, I was Dave Dallas on the country. Country station, and then I became Diamond Dave, the throwback guy. I mean, I have I, I totally different personality. and so you had that going hey, Dad, on. Are you laughing about that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Hey, Dad, was you better behave. That's all I got to say. But but <laughs> once once you got to. Everybody accepted FM. It was like AM stations have died all over the place unless they found a niche in sports or whatever. So you went through that era, and now you're going through, you know, kind of another metamorphosis, taking everything online. And so the AM, FM thing kind of has, you know, gotten blurred to some degree. But uh, radio's been a survivor. It really has been. I think it'll continue to be that. And sports is a big part of that.
1: Yeah. No uh, no question. David Kellum visiting with us. He's the uh, voice of the Rebels, been doing it a long time um you know the the question that i'm sure people are asking you when they see you in town that you have no answer to <laughs> no. same i'm getting the same question borky gets it hey dad gets it we all get it. what what do you think about football so i'll i'll ask it <laughs> yeah. we think about
3: football dK it's a great sport i really
1: like it it's fun
3: <laughs> you know today
1: is interesting
3: though. very interesting very interesting and i have been we we launched the the coaches shows you've maybe been seeing the rep talk show and i get Keith Carter every other week. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends for years and know each other, called his games when he was a player, and so you know, he's got to be guarded with everybody to a certain extent. But he's been very open with me about conversations, and this thing is fluid, and you, you guys have had him, and you know that, I mean, he's legitimately telling you, we don't know from day to day. I mean, yeah. and here's another day where this is this has happened today. But uh, the the desire to be safe, I think, is the number one thing. And uh, the second thing is that they've got to consider his financial Financially, what do you do? Uh, And so today makes a lot of sense. And I heard you guys when I was driving in talking about it. Uh, So if you keep it, if you're you're a commissioner of a league, um, you know, Greg Sankey's sitting there looking at it. I can control my 14 teams. We can talk, and we can make sure we're all on the same page. I really can't deal with a non-conference opponent or a team from another conference, even though that other conference may be doing just as good as we are sure. on testing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes a lot of sense just to stay within your, within your conference. I was picking at Richard guys for I came on. I said, you guys are talking about all these matchups? You're missing the boat. We need Mississippi State, Ole Miss twice. We need Auburn, Alabama twice. Florida, Georgia. Twice. Do them all as home and Arkansas, way. Missouri, twice. Home and, you know, 50,000 that couldn't go the first game, get to go the second game. No Ole Miss people allowed in Starfield. No Mississippi State people allowed in Oxford. I think it would work great. And, you know, that solves travel and all those things. And talk about making some money. That would be good.
2: We did first <laughs> and last rivalry games uh, playing high school ball in South Carolina. Everybody played their rival game one and game 11. And that was Oh, we wow. Did
3: Yeah, I was just kidding, but who knows? We we may see some of that happen. And that would knock out one of the two, with uh, most of the schools at least.
1: I'm not sure there are any outlandish ideas at this point.
3: No, I I don't either. And I think you guys are kind of on target. I do believe you're going to see a delay. We're going to lose some of those non-conference matchups if this all comes to be. And I think this is a major step. Kind of read between the lines. This looks like this is a step... Uh, between uh, you know, trying to do it normal and pushing in the direction that we can have football, you know, in the in the fall as opposed to having to wait till January. And if you push back two weeks, you give yourself a little more time
1: to get past this kind of right th- this round of spike in, right. in the coronavirus. And a- a- as bad as it is right now, it does feel like you've gotten to the point where all of the states, really across the country, but especially in the southeastern footprint. Okay. Realize it's serious. We got to do the mask
3: thing. We're putting some
1: ordinances in place, and hopefully, if you're talking about ten weeks out, you got a chance to bring those numbers back.
3: Yeah, you're just gaining some days, and it's day to day as is. Uh, as far as bowl games and you know the conference championship games and all that kind of stuff, I don't know how that would all yeah. fall in place, but at least you would have a 10-game season against your conference opponents.
1: Visiting with David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels. He's going to hang with us for one more segment. We'll switch gears, and uh, we'll talk with him about process, what goes into preparing for a uh, for a broadcast, and maybe some other things. you got a question for him. You can send it to us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. We're back after this, Sports Talk Mississippi. You know, when you group think things, sometimes you get to an answer that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Vince Ferrara, who is in Knoxville on uh, one of the sports radio stations there, uh, used his brain. Instead of just throwing stuff against the wall, he said, well, what if we just look at the crossover schedules in the SEC for the next two years and pull those teams into this year's scheduling model, and now you've got something that makes a whole lot of sense. So... We will, uh, we'll look at that coming up. Continuing our conversation with uh, David Kellum on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, appreciate, by the way. I-, I know this is the time of year where you check Hi. out from a I microphone do. for a little while. I do. Uh, I feel like I cornered you and uh, you didn't feel no like problem. you could say no to me. So thanks for hanging out for a little while. Process. Uh, I think people are, are intrigued by this. You don't just show up and do a game. There's a, a lot of work that goes into it, especially in football. Um, as I've talked to people about our relationship mm-hmm. through the years, whether it's speaking engagements or whatever, I've said, you know, the thing that I learned more than anything else from David Kellum was how to prepare for games. Right. So right. let's start football first. When you're getting ready for a football game, what is your process starting on Sunday or Monday? All the way up to
3: games. Well, one of the things I've been pretty consistent at is I'll record all the other games, and on Sunday, I may catch an NFL game here or there, but I sit there and fast-forward through all of the SEC other opponents to get a feel for what happened that weekend. It's real easy to look at highlights and all, but I actually take the game, which is an all-day, all-night process, drives my wife crazy. But uh, especially early in the season, we're playing nine-cup. But I'm, I'm pretty good at getting about 90% of that done. And I have a 21-nothing rule, a 21-point rule. If, mm-hmm. if the team gets up 21 points, they start substituting. I don't care anymore. So I just kind of watch, watch those games at that point. There's been a couple of times somebody's come back from being down 21, but not too many too many times. So I do that. That kind of gives me a feel. Uh, and then I'll get into uh, prepping for the p- opponent and to go back to that particular team and maybe go look at the last three games again. Uh, I know Harry does this pretty good too. He's really good about watching uh, the opponent, getting a feel for it. He even goes to the the coach's office and, and sees their breakdown tape, which is great. Uh, the, Harry spends much more time in the X and O's part of it. But I do it then for my depth chart standpoint Uh, i know the sports information departments give you depth charts but i'd like to see what actually happened in the course of the game who came in for who did they move this guard over to this left tackle and uh a couple of times in the course of the game i know that's tedious and all but it it pays off somewhere in the course of the game so i'm I'm pretty good at, at at really watching the games then develop the depth chart depth chart takes two or three days uh i've got the depth chart from that team the year before and so if it's a uh Returning player, we just change their classification, move them up, and I'll write notes on the actual depth chart. And people do it different ways. Yeah. Um, And so I'll have notes right there in front of me. I'm very fortunate. I'm probably maybe the only announcer in the nation, but one of the few that's got two spotters. Most people don't have two spotters. So I have an offensive and a defensive spotter. And so those two boards are totally controlled by. Those two guys. Rick McKay handles all my offensive spotting. Has done a wonderful job through years. Fish Robinson. And, and when you say spotter,
1: that's somebody who is watching the watching game through the game. binoculars. Right. Offense right, right, right.
3: only. Yeah. And somebody promoting. who has one spotter has to help you on both sides. And and that's more difficult for someone. You think about trying to watch both sides of the ball if you're just watching the game on TV. And Steve is the one that actually allowed me to do that several years ago. I, I talked about uh, Warner offered was an athletic director, Warner wanted the offensive lineman to be mentioned more because he's an ex- offensive lineman. If you notice, a lot of people don't say anything about the offensive line unless they got a holding call. And so I I was real smart in that moment, Richard. You'd be proud of me. I said, well, you know, to do that, I really need to have two spotters. And I was innocent back in the 80s thinking about that. And uh, Warner called Steve and said, Kellum says he needs two spotters. Kellum needs two spotters. This is Davenport. He said, nobody's got two spotters. And he said, well, I won't even talk about the offensive line. And Steve said, okay, give him a second spotter. So Steve was great at, with doing that, and we've continued to fund a second spotter. So I've got an <laughs> offensive spotter that watches everything I'm watching on the offensive side, a defensive spotter. So when we sound, I'm, I'm really giving away my secrets here, but we sound so good about getting all the names in it because we've got two different people that are watching yeah. the opposite sides of the ball. So that and a lot of prep. You've helped me tremendously in recent years because Richard Richard has been here for a long, long time and has taken the pregame show. I'm only about two, three segments of the pregame show. I used to have to do the entire pregame show by myself. So I do all that prep, and Richard and Brett are handling all of that for me. And so I can really focus just on game stuff um, throughout the course of the week.
1: In terms of storylines, so, yeah. so, so that's all the individual stuff, do you focus at all on the big-picture storylines?
3: kind of kind of what sorta of, and I know that in the television world that you're in that's really important you got to have a couple of storylines and you and I will talk during the course of the week I'm telling people what we do and you've helped me with that really since you kind of moved over the TV world hey DK what do you think storyline is well it's Alabama playing Ole Miss, you know, (laughs) Richard's like, no, 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 really. What do you think? And so we've, we've kind of gotten deeper into that through the recent years about what would be the storylines for this particular game. And I think y'all do a wonderful job of handling that in the pregame show. And we do carry that into the, The broadcast because if something unfolds in the course of the game, I don't remember Brett and Richard were talking about so and so that this would be an interesting deal. So I think it's important to go in with at least two or three storylines. Now they may go out the window, you know, something may happen or maybe there's a different game plan that we didn't anticipate or whatever the case may be, but I think you do have to have some storylines.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Spence in Brookhaven says, Richard, I'm a bulldog through and through, but I could listen to David Kellum any
3: day of the week, call any sport, love the show. He still wants us to lose, though, right? Well, That's yes. very kind. I thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Appreciate and for Spence. state fans that are listening, I know that there's been this uh, you know, toxic rivalry. Hopefully it's fixed to get better, and we won't be quite as bad as we've been through the years. But uh, Rich and oh, I, sure I both have known Neil for years, and uh, Neil's a wonderful guy, great announcer, and just wishing him the very best that he moves on in his career. Uh, and a funny little story about Neil Price. Um, Neil's been doing baseball and women's basketball and different things at Kentucky for a long time, and he contacted me several years ago said, can I put you down as a reference? I said, sure, that'd be great, and I'd love to help you out. And he was very selective about different things. When the Mississippi State job came open, we we called and we talked to each other, and, and I said, "Oh man, I think that'd be great. I know you know Coach Cohen, and you know but surely you got a shot at this. It'd be kind of neat. I think you'd do wonderful because we always thought he was a really good announcer." Sure. And I said, "But let me tell you something. Take me off the resume." He said, what? I told Neil, I said, look, dude, I'm the announcer from the evil empire. I said, I don't think you want my name crossing a bunch of Mississippi State deaths. So don't put me down for recommendations on this one. I'm happy to be a reference. You
1: probably don't so want we've me to had, be.
3: We've had kind of that running joke on that, but uh, great guy. Does a wonderful job at, at State. Well,
1: the, the challenges that go along this football season. We're talking about radio in particular. Is this a year where radio is going to be more important than it has been in a really long time. I mean you're going yeah. to have a television aspect, but yeah. not everybody's watching. Could
3: be. I mean those people that are not at the games, if we we have some, you know, situation where it's half full, twenty five percent full, they gotta go to T V and radio and some percentage of those will be will be radio. So yeah, I would think the impact would be greater. And and I've also thought about different things like, okay, if we're only fifty percent or even less than that, so we go twenty five percent or we gotta play with no fans, how's that gonna sound on the radio? Because, you know, it, it, kind of like it did when Ole Miss played Northwestern State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you don't want to sound that way against gets, gets an SEC opponent. Yeah. It. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting from that standpoint, too, because, you know, we kind of feed off that energy as announcers and as a broadcast. When you paint the picture and there's no picture to paint. If you get you know, excited and we actually hear you on the field
1: from the press box, <laughs> I I'm just going to have to look at you and say, okay, dial it down. D- DK.
3: <laughs> Come on, DK, dial it down. But, well, in a basketball game, I'm sure that would happen. Yeah. You know, if it's an empty, Facility, but I'm hoping we get to as many as we possibly can. I know the 50 percent number is is a is a doable number financially. Is what Keith told us recently on a, on a rep talk, and uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't know, you know, it's it's just day to day, and and I know you guys get the questions all the time too. What are you hearing about football? We're not hearing squat, and and I, I don't think they have any answers right now. They're just trying to come up with possibilities. Yeah. Do you think there's more risk for basketball even than there is for football? I do, I do. I hope not because of travel or venues. I or... think venue, enclosed venue, maybe to some degree. But I mean, you know, if you social distance and uh, and look at some other models, I know that a lot of churches and big churches are going back. But I saw the Texas Medical Association put out a list of the thirty-seven activities that uh put you at high risk of of catching COVID, and and uh one of those was bars you know closed in bars and they they put on their sporting events but i think a sporting event was a nine i think you know one to ten it was a nine um church gatherings of a church of 500 or more is a nine uh which is kind of scary to think about but s- taking that kind of you know and and uh, Applying it to sports, I think it's different for some sports than others. I think that you know, in in basketball, because you are enclosed, you got to be really conscientious about social distancing. Where outside with football, sure, you want to spread people out uh, if you can, if you get down to the to the lower numbers. But I don't know; it's just hard to tell. Where you say. We're going, to, we're going to go with a little uh, personal responsibility here. Yeah, I agree totally, Richard. And here's the thing. I, I, I've had that dang the torpedoes uh, mentality. Let's just go play ball. Yeah. And you just be safe if you're – but I've lost a relative to COVID-19. An uh, older uh, lady was basically a cousin of mine's mother in Baton Rouge, and so she got it in a nursing home and passed away, and so that brings it back to reality, to and I know some friends that have had it, so that part of it's kind of scary. Really appreciate you stopping by. Nope, I'm visiting. good to see you again, man. You as well. Can we do it? Can we fist bump? We can fist bump, I guess.
1: David Kellum joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. we got another hour and a half with you on this Thursday afternoon. We'll be right back. Oh sports talk mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm richard cross michael Borkey, brian haydad appreciate david Kellum joining us today on the farm bureau phone line you can check out favorates.com and go with the home team mississippi farm bureau fun conversation with him hey dad uh got a kick out a couple a couple of those lines in there none diamond more D- than uh dallas dave and dallas, dave and dallas diamond yeah yeah <laughs> that's <was> funny <laughs> He'd kick it into the the, the acid rock mode, <laughs> laid back. That's pretty good, pretty good stuff. Um, good to uh, good to be with you this afternoon. This is interesting to me. The athletics director at Bowling Green, Bob Moosbrugger, has released a statement. And it's basically like, uh, we would have appreciated a heads up. Here's what he says. Every member of the NCAA is attempting to navigate these very difficult times in college athletics. While we are certainly disappointed that our student-athletes will not have the opportunity to compete in non-conference games against Big Ten opponents, parenthetically, we're also disappointed that we're not going to be getting those checks as a university for competing against the Big Ten opponents. Close parentheses. We understand that, sorry, that was ad living. We understand that difficult decisions need to be made. He goes on to say the decision by the Big Ten is the tip of the iceberg. Ten FBS conferences have signed a college football playoff agreement with an expectation that we will work together for the good of college football. If we are to solve these challenges and be truly dedicated to protecting the health and safety of our student athletes, We need to do a better job of working together. Okay, crying over spilled milk, a little frustrated. thought it was interesting, though. Cecil Hurt, who is a longtime columnist at the Tuscaloosa News, covers Alabama, quote tweeted that and said, a lot of people in college athletics feel like they were blindsided by the Big Ten. That's interesting to me.
2: You shouldn't be blindsided by any decision that was made by anybody right now. Yeah, but if you're having
1: if you're having calls that are multiple times a week between conference commissioners, you would almost think that like between Big 10, SEC, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, with, with no offense intended to the to the MAC, but you would think that there would be some professional courtesy where Kevin Warren at the very least, might shoot Greg Sankey a text that said, like, hey, we need to talk, or, hey, just a heads up, this announcement's coming, we're doing conference-only games. You, you would think that that communication would happen.
2: You would think, and that, that would have been the, the right thing to do, but that, yet again, underscores the absolute need for a commissioner of college football not of, well, you need conference commissioners, of course, but somebody that can oversee college football, that actually has power to do it, unlike the NCAA. Because if that was in place, this could be a lot more uniform. Instead, you've got, as you said, there's other conferences now kind of scrambling. We didn't know this was coming, what the heck? And now the SEC is going to follow the Big Ten's lead because they don't really have a choice. So wouldn't it wouldn't happen well, this it's not way though. the there big was a
1: league. league. I mean, you are seeing reports that the Pac-12 is going to do the same thing and so is the ACC.
2: And so now because of that, the SEC has they have no choice. If you're going to take yeah. away 3 soon to be 4 of the Power 5, well, you know, you got to do it too. And, and and part of the
1: reason you don't really have a choice is because these decisions affect you as well, not just in your scheduling but you're playing some of those teams. Alabama's supposed to be playing Southern Cal and Dallas in week 1. Uh but if we're talking ACC, Mississippi State, NC State. Um, Florida, Florida State. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Kentucky, Louisville.
2: Uh, terms of Big
1: 12. Who, who's Missouri's? No, they got BYU this year. Um. Just kind of look at uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Okay, that's not affected yet, although it probably will be. Vanderbilt, Kansas State, not affected yet. Ole Miss, Baylor, not yet. Auburn, North Carolina, that's affected. That's week two. And that's one of those classic games, right? That's one of those where Auburn's getting a big check for playing in that. In Atlanta. LSU, Texas. Not yet, but feels like a goner. To me, that's the biggest bummer of all of them. I don't, You may think I'm crazy for that. Uh, Texas A&M, Colorado, Pac-12, week three. So you got a bunch of games involving SEC teams that are affected by the three leagues that so far have said that's how we're going to do it.
2: Yeah, and that's why you need to go ahead and do it and play – 10 or more if you can, but 10 seems... That's the number I keep going back to because any less than that, um, you're not exactly maximizing revenue, but are you really going to ask your teams to try to figure out how to play 12 games total and also ask your players to go through a 12-game rigorous conference schedule? I don't think that's going to happen either. You can reduce the amount of games you play but also make every week interesting. There's no more week where the SEC has... Samford and Georgia State and East Tennessee State and Chattanooga and Rutgers on the schedule. Um, just kidding. You don't have that anymore.
3: So now you'll have
2: <laughs> 12, 13, however many weeks with some buys mixed in where every weekend, basically every game, save the ones that Vanderbilt's in, is a compelling game for 13 weeks. And so you can... It sucks that you're losing Auburn, North Carolina. But instead, you can add Auburn, Florida. Just as interesting. And that happens all season long. So we're losing those games, and that stinks, but you can add a lot more. The, the conference-only schedule, in the SEC especially, is really, really cool. I don't want it to be every year, but for a one-off, this would be awesome. Awesome.
0: It's going to be as much fun as we can possibly have under the circumstances, I would think. I mean, it should be a really, really cool. It it sucks that it's happening under these circumstances, but it should be really cool to watch.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Vince Ferrara, uh, I told you earlier, Borky sent this to me on Twitter, said if conference-only he's a sports radio host in Knoxville – says if conference-only college football comes to SEC in a 10-game season, the two added games could be the 21 and 22 crossover games cleanest solution with alternating home and away games, East home in 21, West home in 22. That makes all the sense in the world, by the way, to do that. Just take your next two, add them onto this schedule, be done with it. So here's what that would look like. In addition to its current schedule, Florida, holy cow, Florida already has LSU and Ole Miss. They would add Alabama and Texas A&M. Hey, well, come on. Hey, Dad, give it to me. Eww. Well, got to play ball. Half teams are going to win, half teams are going to lose. Georgia says, Thank you very much. I like this idea. They add Arkansas and Mississippi State. Kentucky adds LSU and Ole Miss. Ooh, Missouri adds Texas A&M and Auburn. South Carolina adds Auburn and Arkansas. Tennessee adds Ole Miss and LSU. Vanderbilt adds Mississippi State and Alabama. Go to the West just to make it easy. So Alabama added to their schedule Florida and Vanderbilt. Oh, well, you know. Arkansas adds Georgia and South Carolina Auburn gets South Carolina and Missouri LSU gets the addition of Kentucky and Tennessee Mississippi State would go to Vanderbilt and would host Georgia Ole Miss would go to Knoxville and host Kentucky Texas A&M would go to Missouri and host Florida
2: not joking this time. Somebody does need to send this to the SEC office. Just hey, guys, here's a model that you can add a couple games after. That makes sense.
1: My guess is that they probably already have modeled this out. On you said more that they were taken occasion. by
2: surprise today. Yeah, they no, were blindsided. Didn't know this was coming.
1: <laughs> Cecil Hurt said lots of people in college athletics were blindsided.
0: What are they but talking about would on these be, daily phone calls, then? Recipes?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, blindsided that the announcement came, not the content. I mean, let's not pretend like... I mean, they've been modeling things since March. And there's a model in place for this. It's probably not one that they thought they were going to plug in on July 9th. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Horse talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. FM. Today's show has kind of been one big college football fix, but we will uh, give you specifically the college football fix coming up in uh, about ten minutes to uh, get started in the uh, five o'clock hour. There were um, there was a Zoom call today from Missouri media. Jim Stark, the athletics director at Missouri, was on the call. And it's funny how after two hours of conversation, a lot of this feels like old news or or news that doesn't make as much sense as it did earlier. But, I mean, this was happening in the hour leading up to the show. And at one point during the call, Jim Stark was asked by a reporter about the report on the Big Ten and says that he hasn't seen the news, but he would be surprised if they're announcing that this soon. Well, surprise. <laughs> I mean, that was that, that's like a real-time reaction. Sterk said the reasoning for conference-only schedules would be comfort with how protocols are enacted and tests are performed also somewhat limits the exposure with 14 teams playing each other and not including exponentially more teams. So that answer to me says, okay, yes, surprised at the timing, but we have absolutely discussed this possibility.
2: Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week, right? I asked because someone had told me they were discussing it, and you said, yeah, that's at least been something that they've gone over. So... Yeah, They're prepared to do it. And I was thinking about this earlier today as well. I mean, we know the optics around college football creating a bubble for, quote, amateur athletes. Uh, The optics would be very bad. But I'm so sick of optics yesterday. I wanted to rant about it. I'm glad you cut me off because it would have been a lengthy one. Um, College football has never really cared about optics. Penn State had Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno on staff for decades and then hired James Franklin. And they still put 100,000 people in their stadium and are considered a blue blood in the sport. So optics aren't really a problem in college football, but when you have campuses that are going to be mostly online, but they're going to have students around and they're going to have very few classes, but classes that are open nonetheless, you can, in theory, keep your team in some kind of a bubble without calling it that for an optics purpose. Because if campus is very low-key and classes are if they're all in-person, which there won't be many, very few students, you kind of, you know where they all live. You can kind of control what they're doing and where they're eating and where they go, and there's not that many students around, so it's not like the nightlife is going to be crazy. And suddenly you've kind of created a bubble without telling everybody that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah. You know, the the effects of, of this whole thing, and Morky, I think your point about optics are, are good. I mean, the optics of this, what the big conferences could potentially be doing to the smaller conferences, not great, but it's just the reality. Um, The Big Ten was scheduled to play 33 non-conference games at home. USA Today has been able to obtain contracts for 26 of those games. Those 26... Um, added up to 20.2 million uh, 22.2 million dollars in payouts. We heard the conference uh, the quote from Bowling Green's athletics director a little while ago. Uh, he's got reason to be upset. They were due two point two million, a million two for playing Ohio State on September fifth, and a million bucks for playing Illinois two weeks later. Schools from the MAC stand to lose ten and a half million dollars from games against Big Ten teams. Central Michigan was set to get $2.15 million playing against Nebraska and against Northwestern. Arkansas State and Buffalo were each going to receive $1.8 million for games against Big Ten teams on September 19th. Arkansas State was going to Ann Arbor. Buffalo was going to Columbus. Kent State and San Jose State, we're getting a million and a half for going to Penn State and Michigan State, respectively.
2: It's what the budgets are built on for these schools. It it really sucks. And uh, There's a tweet going around from a senator from Iowa that's furious with the Big Ten because it ruins the Iowa-Iowa State game, and he is a graduate of Iowa State. But at the end of the day... Uh, The Big Ten's purpose is not to preserve a good game for Iowa State or anybody else other than their 14 schools. So as terrible as it is, they've got to make these calls to save themselves in a way.
1: And the Big Ten made this decision because they believe it's the most tenable way to go forward with playing a football season. Not a football season that looks like the one we played last year or the one we played five years ago or five years before that. They made the decision. They're going forward with it because it's the most tenable way to play some form of a season this year. Everybody, everybody is looking out for their own checking account right now. Everybody. Sports Talk, Mississippi College Football Fix is next. Sorry, I just thought I'd let that go a second. It. It okay. Oh, you had to let it go. Forestalk, Mississippi, with you rolling into the 5 o'clock hour on this Thursday afternoon, just after 5. Thanks for being with us. C Spire text line open to you 601 879 4395. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, period. Unlimited talk and text with 10 gigabytes of high-speed data. $45 per line with auto pay and paperless billing. Without auto pay, just 50 bucks a line. How's that for fine print? No bull. That's the real deal. Switch today at cspire.com slash real deal. Before we get to the college football fix, if you missed this earlier today, Uh, Governor of the state of Mississippi Tate Reeves had a press conference And He was addressing the issues related to COVID-19 and the outbreak within The state uh, Tightening restrictions on counties With significant spikes in cases Thirteen counties uh, Will have a mandatory Mask Order in place when shopping And at public gatherings Those counties are Hines, DeSoto, Madison, Harrison, Rankin, Jackson, Washington, Sunflower, Grenada, Claiborne County, Jefferson, Wayne, and Quitman. No more than 10 people can gather indoors, and no more than 20 can gather outdoors in those counties. Citizens must all wear masks when shopping and at public gatherings, The executive order will go into effect sometime next week. The order does not impact restaurants, bars, or casinos. Rules already in place are still in effect for those places. All right. Hines County, DeSoto, Madison, Harrison... Rankin, Jackson, Washington, Sunflower, Grenada, Claiborne, Jefferson, Wayne, and Quitman. So you've got some concentrated areas. Like the Jackson metro area obviously is there, with Hines, Madison, and Rankin all together. you got uh, Sunflower and Quitman in the Delta, Harrison County, Jackson County on the coast, I guess Washington County in the Delta as well. Grenada just kind of sitting right there in the middle of the state. Claiborne down around Port Gibson, or I guess Port Gibson in Claiborne County. Yeah. And then southeast Mississippi as well with Jefferson and Wayne. So kind of all over the place.
0: Don't you think that, you know, we talked about flattening the curve. And those first few weeks when they they did lock down everything, everybody was pretty good about following all those regulations. We saw... The curve start to flatten a bit. I think if if people get back on board with that for a month, we we could see another good you know
1: downturn and get back get closer to getting back to normal. Yeah, I mean I think a month is what it takes. Right, yeah. three weeks to a month. Yeah, yeah.
2: And the likelihood of the meme you saw on Facebook being accurate is very small. So Which
0: what meme is that?
2: that? Any of them? All all oh. of them. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I, I get you now. The on accuracy the of Facebook
2: that. memes are uh are, are negligible so well there's
1: one that is the um how not to wear a mask meme
2: oh. <laughs> again, we, again we can't
1: can't bring that one up
2: but i i found it so you've had you've seen don't published- let your nose
1: hang out of the top of your mask no because you don't let your hang out of the top of your drawers well well he did it i did what you, you describe describe the described the meme. Yep. Yes, I, went, I did. <laughs> and there's no reason not to because that's a public service announcement.
0: I went to Kroger today of the people not people wearing masks. I saw two people not wearing masks and two people wearing them wrong, and the two people wearing them wrong both worked for Kroger. So oh. I was like,
2: come on, guys. <laughs> but, Pull like, it up. You've seen all these public freakout videos, right? And every, I saw one yesterday where the lady was like, you need to learn civics. I don't have to wear a mask. And it's like, no, you don't. You're exactly right. You also are in a store that can kick you out if you don't have one on. See, that's the other part of civics that you're just willfully ignoring. Um, Any store can say, hey, if you don't have a mask on because there's a pandemic, we, we don't have to let you in or serve you. Sorry. That's also within the rights of a business owner. I mean, Richard, you say your wife's a business owner. She can do that. And now she Mm -hmm. has to because of the town, but she is very well within her rights to say, if you don't have a mask, you cannot come into my store. That is how America works. But people are freaking out about, oh, I have rights. Well, yes, you do. You also don't have a right to be in that store unless you're complying with what the store is asking of you. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm very much in the camp of I don't want to wear a mask. But guess what? Here it is.
2: Yeah, I had a meeting earlier today. Hours worth of talking with a mask on. It was brutal. But that's what they require me to do. Does it sound any different inside. if I
1: wear it while we're on the radio and I talk this way? A little bit, it, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm probably not going to do that then. Since I'm the only one in this room, I think I'll be okay.
0: Do that and turn off your mic and let's see how that sounds. Uh, okay.
1: You know what we need to get to? Hey, Dan.
0: The college football fix. That's right. Brought to you by our North Mississippi Ford
1: dealers. BuyFordNow.com, that's the website where you can see the full lineup. You know what? I was doing a little scouting around and was looking at the 2021 F one fifty. A few photos oh, of leaked.
2: He's
0: gonna have a new one. He's gonna
1: have a new one in a few weeks,
0: Borky. Just go ahead and mark it down. My. Write it down. I think I'm gonna
1: to have, to uh, to have to wait a little longer than I'm gonna have to wait a little longer than a few weeks. I think I uh, think I am. But uh, you can test drive. The current version of the F-150, which I uh, strongly endorse at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can bet on whether or not there will be a college football season and various sundry related things. What a great country we live in. (laughs) And then, has many reasons to say that lately this is he says this is why we are the land of the free and the home of the brave that's right via uh, sports betting ag which i think is an offshore i think you're
2: correct yeah you still uh, access it in america though which is what matters
1: who will be the first fbs conference to postpone fall football The odds-on favorite is the Pac-12 at plus 150. Then the Big 12 at uh, plus 250. The ACC at plus 300. The Big 10 at plus 400. And they don't think the SEC is going to lead the way in that. By the way, I don't know if what happened today counts as postponing, but if there's not a game played in week one, I hope you jumped on the big ten at plus four hundred. I was just thinking that that's you know about a value bet
0: right now. My gosh. Yeah. Might, might want to try and be jump a lot in. higher than the SEC should be a lot higher than plus five hundred. That should it should be like plus two thousand. The SEC's yeah, gonna play football come hell or high water.
1: Yes. But the, the, the prop was first to postpone fall football. Notice it says postpone or not cancel.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, by the way, as in the side, all of our guests appear on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Tell you that all the time. You know what else I tell you about? Great customer service. Let me tell you just how great. Text message from my Farm Bureau agent here in Lafayette County, Blair Webb. He said, hey, just send me that new VIN number as soon as you get the truck. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll, I'll take
1: care cool. of you.
0: It's already done, man. They're, 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 you might as well just go ahead and get a new license tag. You're good to go. It's, it's No. The, the, the it's seed has yet. been planted.
1: Oh, I mean, it's not like you planted the seed. The seed was there. Oh, I know. I know. I'm, I just I'm don't know that the it. dollars are there quite yet. You have to work a little longer, pay a little more on the current one first. Eh. Will any FBS game scheduled for August 29th? be canceled or postponed. Yes, minus 500, no plus 300. Can we still get it in on this action?
0: I mean, yes, minus 500. You got to bet a lot to win some money, but feels like it'd be worth it to bet a lot bet. to win
2: that money, doesn't it? it? Feels very feels like a very safe bet. That's as that's as safe as will the sun come up tomorrow.
1: Will the FBS season be postponed until the 2021 spring semester? Same odds. Minus 120 for yes, minus 120 for no. Hmm. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. get to this story it, it's a step away from college football for a few minutes but hey Dan, I think you're going to appreciate this oh great it's about food uh e- no oh well we'll see how it goes then. it's about an umpire yes here we go but I think this is one where you're going to agree with the umpire Joe West, no less. (laughs) This seems unlikely. In the aftermath of comments made by veteran umpire Joe West, the Major League Baseball Umpires Association showed their lack of a spine in issuing a statement saying that recent public comments do not reflect its stance regarding the coronavirus pandemic. Our nation and the world has suffered greatly from this deadly virus, said the Union Statement, which did not mention West by name. In the midst of continued suffering, umpires are attempting to do our part to bring the great game of baseball back onto the field and into the homes of fans everywhere. Kind of. That is a very high and mighty statement that we have issued so that we can stand and look down on you from our ivory tower and be politically correct. Why did they issue that? Because Joe West told you what's up. Said he doesn't believe the death total being attributed to the coronavirus. In an interview with USA Today Sports, those statistics aren't accurate. I don't care who's counting them. When country music singer Joe Diffie died, they said he died of coronavirus. He had stage 4 lung cancer. The coronavirus may have accelerated his death, but let's be realistic. It's a direct quote from Joe West. He went on to say, Our system is so messed up. They have emptied hospitals because there's no elective surgery. The government has been giving these hospitals extra money if someone dies of the coronavirus. So everybody that dies is because of coronavirus. I don't care if you get hit by a car, it's coronavirus. That's a true statement. Somebody dies in a car wreck, they do a post-mortem test in some places. You test positive for coronavirus, it's a COVID-19 death. Uh,
2: Well, I saw a story, what was it, Seattle, where they had multiple um, gun fatalities that were all listed as coronavirus deaths.
1: That's right. That's right. Here you go. Joe West says, I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. I said to Halem, I guess that's his wife. I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work. And I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt. Whatever. I'm working. I think I shocked, shocked Halem when I said, no, I'm working. He told The Athletic, if this game hasn't gotten me by now, no virus is going to get me. I've weathered a bunch of storms in my life. I'll weather another one. He says, You know, I'm chasing the rainbow. I'm chasing the end of this record. I'd like to be young enough to enjoy it. Joe West telling it like it is.
2: I told you you'd like that one. Hey, Dad. Do That's you? It's all right. It's okay. He should stick to sports.
0: It's like that onion headline. You know, the <laughs> worst person you know just made a great point. <sighs>
1: uh, I don't blame so him. So your, your hatred for all things officials is so hatred? big that I you just can't get made, over yourself and be like, you know what, I Joe just said West made just made great absolutely point. knocked that one out of the park.
0: I just said he made a great point.
1: No, like, yeah, and you're terrible. like, it's okay. So I just, you know. So
0: it's funny he can see all these big picture things, but he can't see a guy sliding in right there in front of him and determine if he's safe or out correctly.
1: I oh, thought Joe West was one of
0: the pretty good ones. No, no, he's not. He's not the Angel Hernandez tier, but he's definitely just in the tier right below.
1: Don't most managers like Joe West though? Because like he'll know. talk to you. He's not like one of these quick quick-trigger hothead young guys? Maybe not. I'm sorry. I forgot that it's impossible to have a rational conversation about an official, regardless of sport, (laughs) with you, Brian Hayden. Just saying.
2: I don't know much about baseball umpiring, but uh, I hear him on this.
1: Come on, Joe West?
2: Yeah. That idea that the NBA had that they weren't going to let some of their coaches coach in the restart because they were older than 65, I'm glad they have gone back on that like Alvin Gentry for example he's coaching he's above 65 but the fact that that was even on the table was absurd let the man coach if he wants to coach he knows the risks he's assuming the risks when he goes on the sideline to coach a basketball game if he wants to do it why are you going to stop him from doing it I've never understood that so good on him for saying that and good all of that's good
1: So we got the uh, the news earlier today that the Big Ten was not going to play any non-conference games. And a, uh, a little bit of a follow-up to that story with some quotes from Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, and Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State. Kevin Warren, in a television appearance following the announcement earlier today. One thing we have to realize is that this is not a fait accompli, that we're going to have sports in the fall. We may not have sports in the fall. We may not have a college football season in the Big Ten. We made a vow very early on that first and foremost, we would put the health, the safety, and the wellness of our student-athletes at the center of all of our decisions. Period. Gene Smith, also pessimistic. I can't reiterate enough the fact that we might not play. We just might not. And I think people need to understand that. So, you know, we took the news earlier today with the Big Ten and kind of ran with it like everybody else did because it's a discussion point, and this was a significant development. And we immediately extrapolated that into, well, what two games would you add to the SEC schedule? That's kind of and that's a reasonable doing. conversation. But I do think it's important to see what the commissioner of the Big Ten and the athletics director from the school with the largest athletic budget in the country have to say. And they're not real optimistic.
2: I, I do think, though, in entirely new audience here, at least in, in part, it, this, I think, is the best possible way to ensure there is college football this fall i think it's the solution that gives us the best chance to actually have it and we get a question on the text line so i'll run through my answer quickly Uh, because you only have to deal with 14 teams so you're testing protocols and stuff you know are consistent and you can provide oversight for everybody involved in playing your games it's easier to do that when it's fewer teams and you don't have to rely on somebody else doing their protocols and making sure that's right. All you have to do is take care of your own. It allows you to be more flexible with scheduling. You can play fewer games over a longer amount of time. So in case there's a small outbreak within a team, you have windows of opportunity to make that up. And then travel. It's not perfect because conferences are pretty spread out, but in the SEC West, you can bust to every opponent. Now, that drive to Arkansas is not fun. That drive to College Station would be not fun at all, but you can do it. So you can... Eliminate air travel. You can do it all within a relative bubble. You can provide oversight, and you can give yourself more time to get your games in because you're only dealing with 14 teams instead of 64. That's why I think this makes it the best possible opportunity for us to have football.
0: Somebody made a good point to me on Twitter, too, talking about you know controlling the teams that you play, but also now you're controlling the teams that they play.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So a team like Alabama A and M, when you state if state were to play them in late November, not only are you you know dealing with the teams that they've come coming in contact with Alabama A and M, you're coming in contact with every team they've played, and by and it's just sort of like you know a, 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 a just a never ending multiplier. There you're coming in contact with who they've played, and so so on and so forth. Whereas here, it's just these with, other within teams.
1: the last week or two. Yeah, well, yeah, but but still, but it still has a butterfly. That's effect. a
0: lot of players,
1: you know, as opposed to you're now right.
0: it's just. It's just these
1: guys. T-Spire text line, I'm betting the decision will be made within the next two weeks to move football to spring.
2: I think today's announcement told you they're going to try to do everything to avoid that. Yes, I agree.
1: They want to play in the fall. But it's on the table. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Borky, we were up against a break yesterday, and I didn't actually get this out. But in the whole, what do you feel like it's going to look like? I I told a couple of people yesterday, I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't think we're going to start until sometime in October, and I think we're going to play about a 10-game schedule, and I think it's only going to be conference games. Nailed it. Here we are. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. C Spire text line 601-879-4395. I told you guys, lives are more important than sports. It's just a game. The virus is real. The virus is not a game. Thanks for that.
2: Appreciate it. So that's what we've been talking. Maybe we have, according to that listener, been insensitive. But I think we have often... Added the qualifiers. It's a
1: sports show. We're
2: trying well, yeah. to figure out how to get back to sports. That and but we've added the qualifiers always and do so safely. Do it as safe as you can because life still goes on. I, I said had somebody say to me, "Well, I mean, you're going to work every day." Yeah, I am. I go to the store. I, my wife and I have been out a couple of times, not often, but a couple of times. We we are doing things. We're still living. Life still does have to go on. You can alter it some. We've Shoot, done man, that. I plan on getting on an airplane next week. Yeah, and you're, go- you're going to try to do it as safe as you possibly can. But at the end of the day, you've, you've got to live. We all have to live. And I wear masks because I've said it on this show before. My wife is close to her elderly grandparents. It's the right thing for us to do. Just in case we get it, giving it to them would be a very bad thing. So we take extra precautions sometimes. We're not perfect with it, but we alter our life a little bit. But we still live it, and talking about sports and wanting them to come back and the NBA players going to the bubble today is something I got really excited about because life still does have to go on. And they're doing it as safely as possible in Orlando, and every single day I try to do it as safe as I possibly can. But we still got to live, man. We can't live in fear because that's just as dangerous.
1: We get a message on the – Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed. Apparently, uh, umpire Joe West's information was not entirely accurate.
0: Imagine that. An umpire didn't have all the information.
1: Amber says, according to <laughs> Snopes and Joe Diffie's wife, he did not have lung cancer. Just saying. Don't mess with Joe Diffie.
0: Went with the, went to the replay. Nope, I'm still right. Out. Out. Never trust an umpire, is what I'm trying to say.
1: No offense to anyone. No. Umpires. All due respect. You think Joe you think Joe West is a pickup man? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I'm proud of you for uh, catching that reference. I know my 90s country. Isn't it amazing? I said that to um, this past weekend was with some friends, and I, I just made the observation. I was like, I don't know that I realized that I listened to that much country music in the 90s and early 2000s. Because yeah. you're hard-pressed to have a country music song from that era come on the radio where you don't know at least half the words to every song. Yeah, At least this- half.
0: Vicksburg didn't have MTV when I was growing up, so we had to watch some CMT if you wanted to see some music Oh,
1: I got you.
2: Greg Sankey released a statement, by the way, just came out. About Joe Diffie? No. Wow, okay. Topical. um, Just uh, just breaking news here relevant to our our listening audience. Um, But basically, Greg Sankey, when he went to Syracuse, he got a degree in coach speak. That guy is a master of saying a lot of Syracuse. words. He, according to Google, he got a graduate degree, a master's degree from Syracuse University. Oh, maybe
1: he got a master's there. I thought he did, like, Ithaca College or something.
2: State University of New York at Cortland. and SUNY Cortland. Yeah, that's, okay. uh, that is apparently a place. But uh, that dude can say nothing with so many words. It's masterful, really. But Quote... <laughs>
1: The SEC will continue to meet regularly with our campus leaders in the coming weeks, guided by medical advisors, to make the important decisions necessary to determine the best path forward related to the SEC fall sports. In other words, quote. He
0: said nothing. That is, He just said (laughs) nothing. Everybody's retweeting a bunch of nothing right now.
2: Like, what's this STC Commissioner Greg Sankey on t- today's events? And they put the quote. He didn't say anything about today's events at all. He said nothing.
1: He also said, we recognize the challenges ahead and know the well-being of our student-athletes, coaches, staff, and fans must remain at the forefront of those decisions.
3: Yeah.
1: Well,
2: that changes everything. Bombshell, really.
1: Breaking news...
2: Gonna try to stay safe. I mean, it's inevitable, right? There's no other option. That once the ACC makes it official and the Pac-12 makes it official, that they're going to have to follow suit because there's not really any other option. Especially
0: when you talk about, I don't think there's any. Was there an SEC, Big Ten game scheduled? I don't think that there was. So you know, when the Pac-12 says it, well, then Alabama loses. Arkansas, USC. And Notre
1: Dame. Oh, wait, Notre, not a, Notre Dame just should be in the Big Ten. Sorry. Right,
0: right, right. But, I mean, when the Pac-12 does it, then you've lost Alabama-USC. If the Big 12 does it, now we've lost Ole Miss and, uh, and Baylor, and we've lost LSU in Texas, and then so on and so forth. So Vanderbilt-Kansas
1: State. Yeah. Got to keep then, that one on the schedule. I, I like what <laughs>
0: Kansas State's a fun team to watch play. I like their offense. But, but, yeah, you see what I'm getting at there, that once the other once conferences that have SEC teams on their schedule – Make this decision, the decision is made for you at that point. Unless you want to, you know, contact the Sun Belt and be like, man, do we have an offer for you? Hmm. Ole Miss, Arkansas State in Houston. Let's go.
1: I mean, you might be onto something there. I mean, you know, is there an alternative to playing only conference games? Yeah, you got a bunch of. You play
0: your
2: regional teams.
1: You're going to have a bunch of teams that would be more than happy to be an opponent.
2: Arkansas State was supposed to play Michigan this year. You think they were looking forward to that check?
1: They are looking forward to getting the W. What are you talking about? Yeah. Red Wolves go into Ann Arbor and get the win. Wouldn't be the first time an ASU rolled into the big house and knocked one <laughs> off, pulled one You're off. Right. You're not wrong. Um, Are you going to be able to play for a national title? No.
2: If I were Greg Sankey in the SEC, I would schedule and plan to make the SEC championship the final game. And if if the playoff decides, hey, we want to have a playoff, great, good. But what I would be doing in the meetings that they're probably having right this second is let's just make sure we can get that done. Play a game in Atlanta. And then anything else after that's icing on the cake. But that's what I would care about. Yeah.
1: I mean, there there is an element... Of what's the point in all of this? Money. Oh, I mean that—that's absolutely the answer to the question.
2: It's—it's it's not. That's a bad answer, though. It's preservation. Uh, uh, avoiding, yeah, cataclysmic
1: repercussions, mm-hmm. financial. But but I mean, it comes back to money, Borky. Yeah,
2: that's true. Money just sounded very. Like they're about to go make millions of dollars. No, it's just making sure that they don't lose it.
1: Well, they're going to lose money. You're trying to minimize the losses. And just tread water. For a brighter day. Supertalk,
0: can I help you?
2: Answer it. See if they're trying to sell you a your almost expired vehicle's extended warranty. Hello? Marriott Hotels. Oh, I love this call. Oh, Marriott.
0: Can you hear it? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Ooh, press the... Lo- uh, further details. Are we going to get, like, some free weekends here? Some points?
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, Joseph. This is Richard Cross. I'm doing a live radio show right now, and you called me, so I just decided I'd put you on the radio. Oh, Click. Joseph! Joseph, do you not want to talk anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Can I get some points? I didn't points? even know I didn't even know that phone worked. Still, <laughs> so kind of figuring out the new studio. <laughs>
0: uh, at least it wasn't for like an automobile warranty It expired.
2: I always or, tell know, them that uh, my vehicle I, I don't have an extended warranty because it's one of those boat cars, and I've never really gotten it registered. And that's usually when they hang up on boat me. Cars. <laughs> boat cars? you never seen one of those cars that can literally just drive into the water?
1: Oh, like the yeah. tour bus things in the cities? Yeah.
2: But they make them like personal-sized as well, and that's, that's what I always Borky tell mobile. the telemarketers that's you know the what? kind th- of car th- I drive.
1: Next time I talk to one of those people, I'm going to say, I don't have a warranty. I would like to get one, but my vehicle is stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do one without like paperwork or anything? Just do this as a cash deal? You know on Red Dead if you steal a
0: horse and try to sell it that you don't get as much money. Maybe they just, just charge you more.
1: Or still Mississippi.